Hi, everyone. This is One Mike Night, a podcast that brings you inspirational stories of artists and people on their journey in entertainment, helping to guide, answer questions, and inspire your path in the business and the world. My name is Marcos Luis, and in this episode, we're going to talk to someone who is very close to me. She is a music teacher, an educator, a world traveler, and she is a free spirit. Everyone, please welcome DVR Rainey. Hi, DVR. Hi, Marcos. Welcome oh my to gosh, World, welcome thank to World you. Mike Night Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. You have no idea. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I am very honored. Um, we go back. <laughs> we go way back. You know, and so um, it's really nice to hear your voice. It's really nice to be able to um, talk with you. We haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I want to talk about now is why haven't we done that? You are a world traveler. And like I said, you, you, you're a music teacher. You're an educator. When I met you, you were working at uh, a school in Harlem teaching music. Mm -hmm. What was that like for you? So I was working at um, a New York City public school, uh, um, an elementary school in East Harlem. And so that's where I first started teaching. Um, I never planned on being a music teacher, <laughs> but the opportunity <laughs> came when the principal um, of the school um, asked me to um, prepare sixth graders for their graduation. And so um, when I was in college doing my undergrad, I majored in English, but I took a lot of music classes because music, um, I, lo I just love music. <laughs> Always love music. Music has been a very important, um, um, important thing in my life ever since I, I guess maybe in the womb because mm -hmm. my mother loved music and mm -hmm. um, you know music was a, a, a tool for survival um, for a lot of people um, right. but anyway that, that, so, that yeah. goes way back that goes way back in time but yeah. yeah and it, so what's so interesting about because I was I was born in 1966 <laughs> mm -hmm. so you know so um, there were a lot of like I was there was the doo-wop there was the jazz and and the r&b or rhythm and blues and soul mm. disco so hip-hop you know it, it's, um so i've as grow when i was growing up as i was growing up i listened to all all types of music even rock you know even rock and roll because um i didn't have a television and so I listened to the radio <laughs> a lot and there were all sorts of stations. So I would go from one station to another just to um, entertain myself. And so, yeah, um, getting back to um, what it was like teaching um, at an elementary school in Eastern, Eastern, um, East Harlem, it was um, wonderful. Um, it, was, it was wonderful most of the time times um there were some challenges um because music um is not really appreciated and um and schools because it's a um it's a prep it's considered a prep <laughs> you know so i provide preps for homeroom um teachers so my title was um not a music teacher but a prep teacher and then they changed it to a specialist because um i don't know i guess to make us feel 
good about what we were doing. <laughs> so meeting them, meeting the school didn't provide you with tools necessary to make a music program or you know, they just didn't make that part of the curriculum. Because I know when I was growing up, we always had an art class. And I know as the years go by, the art programs have been cut and slashed in schools. So was that part of your challenge? Um, in my school, my school, not so much, um, because it was, it was, and still is a progressive school. Um, so the principal who hired me, um, Bruce Cans, he really appreciated music, um, and, and the arts, you know, and so he really supported the program. Now that there, there might not have been money, you know, for, um, a lot of money for instruments, um, you know, that was a big problem. I had to do a lot of fundraisers to just get instruments in the classroom. What type um, of fundraisers? Um, mostly bake sales. <laughs> bake sales in the cafeteria. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that those were successful um, until, you know, um, I guess the Department of Education no longer um, um, when it... Um, no longer, um, so bake sales were banned because I think because of the, um, the sugar, it would, you know, what's unhealthy. So there was a time when, um, the department of education was implementing like health, they were, you know, health, health education, and they wanted, um, um, students to eat healthy. And so that was it for the bake sales. <laughs> wow, that's, that's interesting because I would have never thought something like that as a fundraiser with a bake sale would violate some sort of health regimen. That, wow. That's, yeah, that's when they were getting into like healthy eating, right. you know, really um, taking it seriously where they even had like um, a salad bar, you know, kids could eat, um, go to the salad bar and eat, um, you know, Raw, food, raw foods, you know. Raw so, now that had yeah. to be around the time when Michelle Obama was doing her health campaign and and all those things too, right? No, it was before no? that. Before it was, that, okay. yeah, it was before that. Um, but yeah, so um, um, because because I I am a percussionist, um, I um, you know I needed percussion instruments <laughs> to, to to develop my program. And so, um, and you, you've seen my instruments. You've seen. <laughs> so we're talking about marimbas, xylophones, djembes, drum sets, uh, the little in the percussion instruments, triangles, right. tell cowbells. Everybody tell everybody what marimbas are for those people who don't know. Remember, remembers. <laughs> marimbas are pitched, <laughs> pitched percussion instruments. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, they're like xylophones. They're a little bit different because of the the wood, the the wood um, that they use, and it makes a, a a deep, softer sound than the the xylophone. Right, and they're pretty sizable instruments. Well, yeah, they can be sizable. <laughs> yeah. So I had like a, I think a three and a half octave um, marimba. Right. That I purchased on eBay. <laughs> no, no, actually, it was Cra Craigslist. It was Craigslist, you know. I purchased so um, from time to time. I would go on Craigslist and um, and see if there were um, marimbas, Glockenspiels. Mm, the you yeah. know those are metal. Um, even uh, um, um, 
yeah, so I would go. And sometimes I would use my own money. I would just purchase it using my own money um, because I wanted students to um, be able to explore creating music using these instruments. Now, see, this is the interesting thing. This is this is exactly why I wanted to, to delve in this a little bit, because the educators in our country have to go into their own personal money and, and stash or, you know, find creative ways to raise money to help educate our kids in the arts. Where did this where did that passion come from for you? What? Um, To raise money <laughs> for people. Well, I mean, to, yeah. <laughs> Um, to teach and to you know to make sure the kids had instruments and why 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 music why you know try to have them be creative what purpose be, is it um i think um i think being creative empowers people you know because you become a creator you know and so whether you're creating you know music whether you're creating art whether you're creating um you know, I don't know, films, movies, you know, yeah. anything, um, even okay. things that are not um, affiliated with art, you know, Absolutely. creating anything that you create, anything. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it empowers you. Um, sure. um, and so, so basically what I do is I, I use music or teach music to empower students or, um, as a tool for empowerment. Because I think it's important when you're when the students and you you know you know because of speaking and rhythms and we'll talk about speaking and rhythms later. You were there and you supported um, the organization and you saw how students created, and you and you saw the 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 level in which they performed and the the the, the quality of music that they created, um, and the response and reaction from the audience. You know, right. so they're creating music. They 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 perform the music. Not only did they perform music um, within a group, they had um, experienced musicians. They <laughs> they, yes. they were collaborating with you know these professional musicians. Professional musicians, you know, exactly. and so they and were performing. Oh my gosh, it was so empowering um, for them. You know, and, and the so confidence level that they gained from doing that. Yes, you know, yeah. yeah, so that was, you know, so that was, that's important to me. It's important um, for me to create opportunities that will empower people. You'll say people, not only students, but people, you know, um, because we need, we need to, we need to be empowered and we need to be empowered because um, there's no reason for us to, to, to be disempowered. You know, we we are here. We exist in this world. So the fact that we exist, you know, has meaning. You know, Absolutely. has meaning and it has purpose. You know, and so we we need to understand that. Unfortunately, we live in a society that um, does not want us to to think that way. They they do not want us to know that we are. Um, powerful because we exist and we exist and we come from an, an a, a divine energy and, and I'm saying all of us all of all of us mm -hmm. yes. all of us you know and so um, once you understand that then you know then then you use that power hopefully you use the power to uplift people and um, 
you know, and make the make the world a better place, you know, mm, yes. a, a, a world of balance, you know, a, a, a balanced a balanced place. <laughs> a balanced place, exactly. <laughs> you know, where you're able to give and receive at a balanced level. Yeah, it's, I think it's all about balance, you know, because you're going to always um, experience things that are um, that will take you off balance. But how do you how do you respond to those things where you find balance, right. you know? And so that's important. Um, so that's why, that's why I had um, um, so much passion. Now the drive um, really um, came from my mother because my mother was a street vendor um, on 125th street. Mm. So, um, you know, so I was out there in the streets with her. <laughs> You know, selling her merchandise, and you know, I saw how determined she was. You know, um, and what it took to be a street vendor on 125th Street. So I inherited inherited that from my mother. You know, so yeah, because I'm a go getter. I will. Go, go I will. Getter, I will create. Sure. <laughs> I will create an opportunity. You know, right. and then you know, and I and I. Um, I'm fortunate to have um, come across people who supported me, and you—you you most definitely are one of those people. And you've done some extraordinary things to to support um, speak, speaking in rhythms. We haven't talked about speaking in rhythms. Yeah, yet. let's talk about speaking in rhythms. <laughs> what, what is speaking in rhythms? Is it still around, or what? what, is, what is it? No, what, well, what? It, it 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 is still around, but not as a 501c3. You know, so it's no longer a nonprofit organization because when I left to teach um, internationally, which we will talk about later, <laughs> why yes. I left um, left left the country to teach um, music internationally. Um, yeah, so when I left, um, I just I just stopped um, stopped. Well, not really, because Makiba, my daughter, she was going to. Um, take over she was going to take over but it was just too much for her because of what she was doing with her artwork right and Who, by I, the way is a fantastic artist in her own right yeah she's incredible, incredible. you know incredible. <laughs> and so i just i just felt bad and she 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 wanted to do it you know she wanted to keep the legacy of speaking speaking and rhythms going but I just, I just couldn't let her do it because she, she had her own path of, of being this extraordinary artist, you know, and yes. producing this amazing work, you know. And so I just stopped, you know. I just, I did not, um, I just stopped. Well, tell us exactly what it was. Yeah, just tell us what it was. So speaking in rhythms um, was a nonprofit organization. Well, as a nonprofit. Speak. I, I'm saying that speaking in rhythm still exists, but it's not existing as a nonprofit organization. You know, I guess it's um, yeah. So it 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 came out of um, of me teaching music at um, Century Park East too. Um, so um, so speaking, it wasn't speaking in rhythms um, at first. Initially, it was. Um, this Century Park East to percussion ensemble. So students would come like during um, recess time and they would come to the music room and we would just have these jam sessions. And these jam sessions evolved into a per, um, performance group. 
in which we performed um, at different um, venues um, throughout the city. And so I wanted to evolve, you know, evolve the what we were doing or um, not evolve, I guess we could say evolve. I wanted to do more, you know, um, because we were also looking at music or studying music from other countries, you know, and because um, CPE2 is located in East Harlem, our first um, focus was um, the music of Puerto Rico, so Bomba y Plena. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we were studying the music. I'm like, okay, let's let's travel to Puerto Rico. Let's all go and travel to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. So, um, so I planned, I planned a trip, um, through the department of education, but they wanted so much, (laughs) they wanted you to do so much, you know, I guess because of the liabilities, um, issues, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, let me just, let me just do a nonprofit organization. But it, um, also because of um, like any money that we raised would go to the school if we did it through the Department of Education. And then it, it was just too too much, too much. Right, so, um, um, so, so basically, let me let me ask you this. Basically, it was a, an organization that was focusing with the, with the children on international music, learning music and performing in different locations. What are some of the places you went to besides Puerto Rico? Well, uh, let me just say, um, speaking in rhythms um, was a was, and let's say is a an organization that provides a comprehensive music program for youth in the community, yes. and so that encompasses a lot, right? Because we have there are different um, components to what we do. Now, the cultural exchange program. Um, and everything is interconnected because, you know, um, the students create music. So that's the composition aspect of the program, you know. And so we look at the, the members and where they're from because it's really an international um, body of students. Um, like some people, um, a student, um, one student is from Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, um, the Caribbean, um, Africa, you know, so we looked at, we, we look at their music and, um, we start from there. So, um, okay. So the places that we've been, that we've been through to, um, mm. I took the kids to Puerto Rico. Um, um, we went to Belize to study mm-hmm. the, uh, music of the Garifunas. Um, and then we went to Peru. Peru was the last trip that we went to. We were, um, studying Afro, Peruvian music. And before I left to teach internationally, we were planning a trip to Ethiopia. Uh, I think you were, I think you were going to come with us. You were going to, um, to video, video Mm -hmm. record us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was, I have to say this, this program is amazing, was amazing. And I hope that there's some plan in the future to restart this because I feel like, you know, kids, let's talk about empowering. First of all, the best education I feel like you can have is traveling. 
So once you start traveling and learning about other cultures and other people and the way of life, you have a better respect for yourself. You have a better, better respect for where you live and where you come from. So this, along with music and the arts, it just makes everything come together. And I hope that this program comes back. No, it will. Um, I'm. I, it will. And 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 I will. I'll. I will give you an update. So what happened? Okay. <laughs> so um, I decided to teach internationally because um, of some things that were happening. Um, and so I, I guess you could say I was. I ran away from home. Um, you know. Um, and so the opportunity for me to teach music internationally, um, you know, that, that came to me and I took advantage of it. And so the first place I taught, or the first country was the United Arab Emirates in um, Abu Dhabi. I love this. And yep. so I taught at um, an American international school in Abu Dhabi, where the student population was an international student population. Um, a lot of the contracted workers um, who worked in Abu Dhabi, they sent their children to the school. And then you had local students as well, the Emiratis. So um, this was my second school because I taught at Century Park East too for 14 years. It was my first school and my only school, the only school that I taught um, in, um, at in New York City. So, you know, um, what happens is like you teach, you teach somewhere, somewhere for 14 years and um, I guess you take it for granted that, um, that you're good, you know, that you're providing a, a great program. And then when you go to another country and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> let's see, let's, let's see how this is going to work. Right. You know, so that's interesting because the teacher then becomes a student because you have to learn a whole new way of teaching and making things effective. Um, not really. <laughs> you know, no, not for me. You know, you have to, you have, you do have to follow um, the laws of the land, right? You know, there's, you know, it's a, it's an Arab country, you know, a Muslim country, um, and um, you know, there are certain things you cannot teach. <laughs> You know, I, right, I can't, and that's what I'm saying. Know. You have you as the teacher are learning how to teach a different way because now you're in a different environment. So you you're the teacher, but you're learning how to teach a different way. Well, I that if if I if I taught a different way, then the students um, would not have responded to me in the way that they did. So essentially, I you know I'm I taught you know in the way that I taught the students. Um, in in East Harlem, in terms of my how how I teach my 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 belief and my understandings, my beliefs and understanding, my my philosophy, you know, my my teaching philosophy, that did not change. The only thing that changed was just the awareness of the laws of the land. <laughs> Right. You know, so, you know, I can't teach, you know, a song about pigs. Right. <laughs> you can't even mention pigs, right. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like this little piggy went to the market. You know, you can't, you know, you can't mention pigs, <laughs> right, yeah. you know, and then there's the, you know, you can't mention Israel, you know, you know, you have to dress modestly, you know, so you have to, you know, you have to 
the way that you dress. So that the way that I dressed did not affect how I taught. You know, you know, I I liked dressed. I like dressing. You know, dressing modestly. I like wearing the. You know, wearing long dresses and. You know that was nice. I, I'm still doing that to this day now. You know, um, but um, but what what makes me the music teacher that I am is because of my philosophy and because of my approach to teaching. Because if I changed if I changed the essence of of my teaching then the kids they would it would have been a horrible experience you know so they liked me they liked me because i was cool you know because i was down you know and right, yeah. and i was honest you know i was sure. very honest with them and i had high expectations for them and i taught um i taught music in a way that they've never experienced it before you know, where they had agency, where I'm like, okay, I will teach you, I will give you some information, but what are you going to do with that information? You're going to use that information to create, you know, so they became creators and they became um, collaborators uh, um, in the learning experience. So it wasn't me, oh, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, da, 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 right? It was right. like, okay, we're going to create. And everything that they created they performed at the at their winter concert and the spring concerts you know so it was like new materials original compositions original songs that they created and they performed for their annual concerts you know so um so it was good it was a good experience you know and the kids they really they re they responded to me in the same way that the the students in east new york did and so i took there for four years mm -hmm. I also um, developed a percussion ensemble there, you know, so the spirit of speaking and rhythms traveled with me to Abu Dhabi. And so we had a, a percussion ensemble and we performed at different venues throughout um, Abu Dhabi. Um, um, and I think even Dubai, I think we performed once in Dubai and some of the other Emirates. Okay, so that was four years. Okay, then I moved to China, Shanghai. <laughs> wow. Now, who would even think that all this is possible? I didn't know that this was possible. Right. Right. You know, I did not know that this was possible until, you know, something happened and I had to search for, um, you know, other, other opportunities. Well, not other opportunities. I just had to leave leave my the, the the situation you know and then that's when i found out about these other opportunities you know and and and, and the reason why i left because i did not want to be in a situation where um i was always in conflict with other people oh you know so yeah. um you know like when you think of standing your ground, right? You, you think, yes. okay, okay, I'm I'm not going to let this person force me to leave or bully me to leave. I'm going to stand my ground, you know. Right. But that means coming coming to work, being armored and defensive and offensive. You're like, okay, okay, I know this person is going to um, try to provoke me, 
you know, so who wants to do that? My, you know, my focus is teaching. And so I realized that standing your grounds can take on another meaning. Like standing your ground to have peace, you know, (laughs) it doesn't have to be, you know, know. you know, and just walking, walking away because I'm standing my grounds because I want a peaceful, joyful life. You right. know, when we think of standing your, your grounds, you think of um, conflict. Exactly. You know, but standing your grounds, the, I, I want peace. You know, exactly. I, want, I want balance. And, and then so, once you're doing that, it sort of affects everything else that you're doing. Your purpose then gets deflected. You know what I mean? Like you can't right. show up, be present. Who wants to walk into that situation every day? Right. So and, and so I said no to it. And then that's when I found out about teaching internationally. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I I love it. You know, I love teaching internationally. Um, right. It's not all good. You know, there's some pros and cons um, to it. Um, when I would when I was teaching in Shanghai, um, China, which um, I was still teaching um, until June of this year, I came. I just came back early um, because of the pandemic. Um, but so I. I'm what sorry. Was, what was China, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to get into a little bit about China. What was what was China like for you? It was difficult. <laughs> the okay. teaching was fine. The teaching was fine. Teach this t- teaching grounded me because it's a homogenous country. <laughs> there are a lot of Chinese in China. <laughs> right. Unlike Abu Dhabi or the United, well, let's say Abu Dhabi and Dubai because they're. I think other Emirates, um, the, the other Emirates might be homogenous too, but Abu Dhabi, which is the capital of the United Arab Emirates, right. and Dubai. That's kind of a mental city, so that's definitely more international, right? And yeah, Dubai, 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 I think Dubai is the most, um, the most international. It's the most yeah. popular, you know? So it's that, those are international um, um, places oh, because... Mm-hmm. Um, all like anyone who's not Emirati is a contract and working there is a contracted worker, you know. And so they have um, people from all over the world coming into um, the UAE working. So you have teachers, you have pilots, you have engineers, you have any accountants, you have as well as an incredible amount of wealth. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for them, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but you get you we get to experience the wealth with the um, with the wonderful um, landscape <laughs> and the, the the wonderful restaurants and the the beautiful public bathrooms. You know, <laughs> you know, the, it's just you know, it's you know, it's really it, it's really a, a wonderful place. You know, in terms of experiencing. Um, um, a clean and, and clean, so it's clean. You know, um, it's it's just it, it was a wonderful. The service, the service is wonderful. You know um, what they have to offer in touch in terms of um, luxury. Mm-hmm. You know that's fine. You know um, how is that compared to Shanghai? Um, Shanghai is a beautiful place too, but it's more um, like so. Um, Abu Dhabi was, was kind of like superficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt superficial. Um, but Shanghai felt, um, you know, like New York City. <laughs> okay. You know, you had, you know, you had, you had, you know, it's it's a pretty place, but you have, you know, 
sections where there are poor people, we, neighborhoods that where it's clear that poor people live here, you know, live there, and then you have places. It's, it's like New York City. It's it's okay. it's, it's like New York City. Um, but so I was say, I was saying ahead. that you know um, it's a homogenous country, um, and I think they like really recently opened their country to foreigners. And so, um, you know, so there, 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 there were Chinese people who've never seen a black person. <laughs> wow. I can imagine that. I can imagine. <laughs> never seen a black person. Like those, the people who migrated from like the rural areas, um, right. you know, into the city, you know, um, and so just being so visible, me being so visible there. Like what kind every, of effect did that have on you? It was, it, was, it was horrible at the beginning because, you know, in New York City, you, could, you can be invisible, you know. Right, if you yeah. want to be visible, you make yourself visible, you know, you, by the way you dress, by the way you right. walk or whatever. But most, for the most part, we're invisible, you know, because there's so people, so many people going here and there and everywhere, right? Right. Um, and, and because of the diversity, you know, because of the diversity, you know, we're used to seeing people from all over the world. So, you know, and so we're, we're fine with that. But, and every time, every time I went out, you know, I knew that people would stare at me, you know, and just having, and, and when people stare at you, stare, stare at you, they're not just staring. They have thoughts about you. You know, they're right. thinking, and so you're receiving all that energy, all of, all of energy, all of that energy. Some of the it's some of the energy is curiosity. You know, you know, people are just curious. Some um, energy might not be um, good. You know, because of maybe how people. You know, how that that Chinese person or Chinese people feel about foreigners in their country. You know, um, maybe because how some Chinese feel about black people, <laughs> you, right. know, you, don't know. you know, you um, know, but just just having people stare at you and not seeing black people, just not seeing black people. Yeah. There, there would be days and days and days in which I would not see black people right. or even if I went into the, the city because I I lived on the outs, um, not in the center city, but, um, the outer city, you know, the inner city is more international. So even like when I, um, took public transportation and you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people traveling, right. right. I would not see a black person not at all, you know, even though there are a lot of black people living in China, you know, there are a lot of teachers there are a lot of students from africa you know there's a lot of africans there um going to school there did but, you find them welcoming i mean did you meet people who were inviting and maybe some invited you over i mean yeah. probably they didn't okay yeah yeah i i i felt safe you know i just felt it's just the staring the staring and then the sound effects that comes with the staring so you know walking you hear a, oh ah oh, ooh, ooh. Really? <laughs> right? really? Or, oh, yeah. yeah or some sometimes you know you're walking someone would just stop 
just stop in front of you and just stop and like look at you so it feels like it felt like i was um being exhibited right that i was so i was um yeah so i'm sure because the social etiquette obviously is not the same you know so they probably stop and just look and i mean they're honest they're honest with with their responses (laughs) they're honest (laughs) and so you know but it's it with, with all of that it was still an incredible experience living in china it was in- incredible, you know. It's just I had to get over, you know, over the fact that people were staring at me, you know. And I had to, I had to think or reflect on why it was so uncomfortable, comfortable for me, you know. Right. And then it, it, it helped me to really just look at myself and and just like, why am I uncomfortable with people staring at me? Right. And then it got to the point, I'm like, if they're yeah. going to stare, let me just give them something to stare at. <laughs> that, was, so. that, was kind of my, that was kind of my next question, because <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying earlier. When you go to foreign lands, foreign places, you learn about the culture and you have to you take away something that you, you don't have here. You know, the confidence you have to build up. Like yes. In a place where people are looking at you all the time, you're thinking, OK, I have to be confident about what I'm doing. I may not know, but I'm okay. I'm okay. You yes, know? I had to get myself to to that place, yeah. and I was mm-hmm. getting in there. Um, also, the language—you know—the language yeah. barrier becomes sure. an issue. Um, even though there are a lot of Chinese who speak um, English, especially like the the, the children, because um, you know it's mandatory now. You know, it's mandatory for children to mm-hmm. learn English, and then they have a lot of language schools um, in China. Um, and so, yeah, so that was part of it. But like the taxi driver, you go in a taxi driver, the taxi driver doesn't understand, um, English. And so that becomes difficult, but then they have apps like, a um, similar to Uber, better than Uber actually, um, where all you have to do is just call on the, the DD, they call them DDs. And then you don't even have to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, meow. Right. <laughs> you know, and so, um, but teaching music there, it was, it was similar. It was, it was similar um, um, to teaching at the other schools. Just um, cultural differences, you know. Um, right. cult, you know, just just having an awareness of the culture and being considerate. So that that's those are the, the the changes that you have to make. Just this awareness of the culture and just being considerate. But the way I taught in East Harlem and in Abu Dhabi is the same way I taught um, in Shanghai. You know, so that the my teaching philosophy was the is was the is the foundation of my te- my teaching practices. And then so you make adjustments uh, according to you know, the, the culture, the culture, the right. culture, you know, um, and the culture is not, it's slight, you know, slightly different. I mean, in ways there it's, there's, there are big differences, but it just seems like, and both in Abu Dhabi, um, and Shanghai that people are really Westernized, <laughs> you know, they, you know, so like in all three schools, you know, 
all the kids dabbed. You know? Oh, oh really? All the, I'm like, really? Seriously? Still? <laughs> this dab thing is still going on? So, just like, and the floss. The floss. You know? <laughs> so, and then the, 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 the music that, that they listen to, you know, you know, so it's uh, uh, um, Western, Western music, Western um, music, particularly American music, mm-hmm. you know, American pop music, hip hop, love, love hip hop, you know, the students love hip hop, you know, um, and then so um, also um, the restaurants, you have fast food restaurants and, 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 and both Abu Dhabi and in um shanghai so burger king mcdonald's kentucky fried chicken you even had um shake shack Mm, Uh, all of them all of them so even if i did if i if i felt that i needed to um if i got homesick you know there were places that i could go to you know um like the White Castle, they had a White right. Castle <laughs> in Shanghai. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just go inside. You know, not look. Don't sit next to a window. You know, and just you know, and just be there. Just for, transport yourself back yeah. home for a minute. Yeah. So there were opportunities for me to do that. You know. So we're right now. We're in a state of pandemic still. Mm-hmm. Where Where's DVR right now? Well, I'm in the Boogie Down Bronx. <laughs> um, so I left um, like the during the Chinese New Year's, right? That that vacation, that time, um, which was um, late January. Um, that's when the pandemic was like becoming really public, you know, globally, right? Um, and so. Um, I was dealing with the pandemic before it really, before it really hit like global when it was um, local, when it was like really a, a, Chi- a Chinese um, issue before it became a global issue. And so I was doing the things that, um, that they were asking people to do, like wearing masks and um, be um, staying um, staying inside your home and 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 so I was doing that um, but then the, there were greater restrictions and then the United States were um, was talking about restricting um, stopping flights stopping flights um, banding flights from China right and so when I when when all of these things were developing, I said, I need to go, I need to go back home <laughs> because <laughs> my, my concern was, um, when things really hit the fan, will I be able to leave China, you know? And so, um, I left China, you know, and I came back home. Um, I, at that time it was, they were, they were saying like, Oh, this is uh, only going to be like a couple of months, you know, and then we will be able to, 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 to go back or whatever the pandemic would would be over or whatever i don't even think they were calling it a pandemic at that time you know and so um my school gave me the opportunity um to teach virtually because the schools were closed they closed all the schools so all the teachers were teaching virtually so i was able to continue teaching here in new york and so that was fine you know that 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 was really fine um and then, um, then 
then the shutdown happened here <laughs> and, and New York and New York became the epicenter of the pandemic. So first it was Wuhan, you know, um, and China, uh, which I wasn't in Wuhan, I was um, in um, Shanghai. Um, and then I came to New York and then New York became the epicenter of the, the virus. And so um, teaching, I, I was teaching until June. And so that kept, that kept me busy, you know, because um, teaching virtually is no joke. It's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot of work. A lot of work. I know. It's so much work, so much work. Um, and people don't understand how much work it takes because um, in the classroom, you have your students. You know, you have your students and you can see and you just, you know, you, you, can, you, you know who doesn't understand the work. And then you also have other students. So it becomes like a learning community where people are helping each other um, go through um, this learning experience. And um, with virtual learning, it's just you, you have to, you just, you have to just assume that people are not, students are not getting it. And so you have to create all sorts of tools to make sure that students um, understand it. And these are tools that you would not use in the classroom, you know. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's really, it's really serious. Um, Especially in terms of your health, too, because you're sitting in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours and you're typing and it, and it affects your health as well. Sure. So um, so now since um, I stopped teaching, so I am no longer teaching um, as of June 15th. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of on vacation, okay. but not really because I don't have... <laughs> I don't have a, uh, a job to go to, right. you know. So what are the hopes, what are the plans for the future? What are you, what's the state of mind? Um, I, I'm looking at my house, you know, and I'm looking, thinking about using it as a, a space to create a learning and cultural center, you know, um, because I just, um, I, I did um, apply to certain positions. And so what's happening is that, um, especially, well, the Department of Education is not hiring at right. all. There's a freeze on hiring. So um, so I cannot go back to the Department of Education and they're ex um, accessing teachers as well, you right. know. I think so, right now would be a great time to try maybe a small business loan for a space to get a space. Well, I have a space here. Yes, I, I have the, my house. This I have a house, and so um, um, I, I anticipate um, that there will be families that will need support in helping their um, children to to learn, you know, because I just don't see that the schools are going to open. And right. so if that's the case, then um, I would like to transform this home into a learning space and center. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm planning this. This actually, it will happen. It, it will happen. So um, I'm not going to tell you what exactly, how it's going to happen, but I will give you an update, you know, um, 
Um, keep me informed. Yeah. Yeah, I will know, keep you informed. I want to have you back on here, so we'll we'll get an update. Yeah, because I That'd will be need support from the the community um, at large because you know we're and talking. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. No, you know, that's okay. I'm just saying it's important to you know have the support of the community because this is a community thing. I'm I'm just saying that um, because it is this pandemic that revealed a lot of things <laughs> about. Um, especially black folks, you know, black folks in this country. And so we really, really need to create solutions for ourselves. You know, we really, we really, it it really, it it really has to be self-determination. You know, there are so many people out here with different skill sets and we just really need to um, come together and we need to create opportunities that will help um, people, I'll, people, you know, right. people, because there are a lot of things that are happening. You know, we right. can't anticipate a homeless situation. We can right. anticipate that children will not be receiving um, education, adequate okay. education. I mean, they already, you know, th- there's already issues with the educational system, but in this case. Where, where kids have to um, learn at home, and if you have parents who have to work, or parents who are who are not able to hire tutors, or parents who are not able to teach, you know their kids, then that's a problem. Yes, that's a problem. So we know we can't anticipate the, this problem. So how is the community going to come up with solutions that are going to help? solve these problems so we really need to come together because we're already already at a disadvantage in in many cases so how 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 deep are we going to go down this this, this hole and i'm yeah, like no right. i'm not i'm not i'm not down with this i'm exactly. not you know i'm i i need to i need to create um create a space something. Yep. You know, and so um, I started renovating my dining room, which will not be a dining room. It will probably be a classroom um, just to send out the energy to the universe and to the you know, the divine, the creator to, to, to let let them know or let, you know, the ancestors, the creator, the universe know that I'm serious about this. Um, but I'm not going to renovate the whole house. I can't do right. that because I'm not that skilled. So I, you know, the project that I have planned, you know, I will let you know later. I just have to um, speak to some people, and I, I probably will do a fundraiser um, to have this um, space renovated. Um, I love it. You know, and I think I think on that note, I want to leave you with that because mm-hmm. I think that's food for thought for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now. Where you at, baby? Baby, where you at? Okay, DVR, you know what that means? I'm not sure, but my I like it. To know. My mom, that's my mother. She wants to know where you at, baby. <laughs> I'm like, okay. How can we find you? How can we get in touch with you? How can we help DVR Rainey help the community with her education and music? Well, so let us know where we can contact you. Because I am, um, because I have not settled here yet, you know, um, settled in my hometown, you know, um, New York. Um, 
I would have to give you that information. Like, I don't have a local phone number. I mean, right. I do Can have an address. Facebook? No, Facebook. Facebook. Like so I like kind of like got off of Facebook somewhat. <laughs> I tried deleting my account, um, but they won't let me. <laughs> it's very hard to delete your um, account. But I am on Facebook. Um, so um, my Facebook name is Devior Rainey. Um, the D, D as in David, E, V as in Victor, E, O, R. Last name is Rainey, R, A, I, N as in Nancy, E, Y. So, I mean, you know, I haven't posted too much lately, but there is a Speaking in Rhythms um, Facebook page as well. I'm working on a website, so that website um, will be completed soon. I'm sorry I don't have, you know, this information, but I'm in um, in transition. So I'm going through a transition. Um, I was in a cocoon. I'm slowly mm -hmm. coming out my cocoon. I, I really haven't been. That's um, all right. Come on out, butterfly. Yeah, speaking to Come people. To, yep. I just been like really um, into myself, finding quiet spaces and places. Well, no, this is the only place I've been. <laughs> Right. But just quietness to reflect and to, to figure out um, what the next chapter yeah, is going to be. What, what the next it. chapter is. And I needed, I needed the quiet, you know. I love it. But I'm coming out. Um, I'm, I'm coming out. So. Well, DVR, thank you so much for being on the show. You know, you're always a guest at One Mic Night. I want to thank you and thank everybody for listening to One Mic Night Podcast. You can find One Mic Night Podcast on all the major platforms. We're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple's iTunes Music. Please go to those, write a comment, subscribe. You don't want to miss any of the episodes that are coming up. Also, go to our Instagram play page, send me a message, let me know what you think about this show, any questions you have, any upcoming shows you'd like to talk about, and also you can get in touch with DVR through me at One Mike Knight. One Mike Knight is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E on every platform. If you're on Tumblr, Come on in and tumble, because we're on Tumblr, too. My name is Marcos Luis. You can find me, Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S.com. Follow me on Instagram as well. And I want to thank you for all sharing and downloading, passing around these episodes. Hopefully, we inspired you today, and hopefully we'll inspire you in the future. This is One Mike Knight, Marcos Luis. Thank you. Thank you.